Hello and welcome to Living in a Time of Dying, the podcast about living in a time of global pandemic, social upheaval and injustice, climate catastrophe, and mass extinction. This podcast is a companion to the eponymous book, Living in a Time of Dying, Cries of Grief, Rage, Love, and Hope, co-authored by myself and Taoist mystic, Toltec I Ching master, wisdom teacher, and my dear friend, William Douglas Horden. I'm your host, Megan Elizabeth Tauk, a writer, philosopher, soul mentor, perpetual student, and mother of possums. In this podcast, I and my guests will engage with a selection of chapters from the book to explore the questions, the conundrums, paradox, and fractal edges of this thing called living. This is an invitation to commune and feel together the weight of these times with all the grief, rage, love, and hope that it arouses within us so that together we may dream a new world into being. Hello, dear listeners. I am back with Christine Goulding, who you may remember from episode three. Welcome back to the podcast, Christine. Thank you, Megan. Glad to be here again. So I'm thinking about this as kind of like a bonus episode because we're not necessarily going to be specifically talking about a chapter like we've been doing. So I'm not going to start off with a summary. Um, But this is kind of like I'm thinking of this episode as an addendum to the last episode where I spoke with um, my friend and former professor Matt Siegel um, in reference to the chapter titled The Road is Paved with Feeling. And uh, in that, the last episode with Matt, um, we spoke about feeling as the aesthetic valuation or enjoyment of existence that is available to all beings, right? To all existence, a kind of ground of experience. It was a beautiful conversation, and I encourage uh, listeners to check it out if you haven't already. And as we discuss in that episode, in the process-relational, Whiteheadian, philosophical sense, feeling is at the base of what is. It is what Whitehead calls the causal efficacy, or, or in, in my words, a kind of creative agency of each existent or being, each individual, as that individual becomes through the whole in its search or desire for self-enjoyment, or what Whitehead calls self-satisfaction, the the fulfillment of the individual life, uh, so to speak. So feeling in this sense is the creative or even the erotic impulse and agency towards pleasure, towards enjoyment and fulfillment of the individual in and through its relation with others and the whole. It's the aesthetic valuation of desire and discernment of pleasure and pain, of being and becoming, of self in relation. And it's that which knits our world or cosmos together in the unfolding, unfurling tapestry of pattern and contrast, life and consciousness. But following that discussion, I found myself wanting to continue to explore this piece about feeling and perhaps uh, with a more, with an eye to a more kind of specifically human experience of feeling, right? Um, Which is why I called you into this episode with me, Christine, because um, 
you have quite a bit of experience working in the realm of feeling, if I may say so, not only as a human yourself, but as a psycho-spiritual healer who has worked with many people and, um, and one who has and continues to study deeply and, and I would say also has quite a talent for perceiving really clearly the subtle permutations of, of felt experience. And so I want to s- just start with kind of the basic, though I, I don't think a uh, straightforward question, what is feeling in your estimation? Just just that question, no big deal. Just, yeah, just like <laughs> really, really basic. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. You know, you just asked me that and my brain went kind of quiet, which I think is the answer to the question. So to me, as a complete system, the the felt sensory experience where I notice movement of energy, like tingling, electricity, where I also notice uh, tension or temperature, like feeling is, I believe, all of these things. Or when I have a thought about something that scares me and I notice that my palms start to sweat or I tighten my belly, those those are all felt experiences and and they're all related in the one system thought emotion body and also the spiritual realm too right because when i when i have a thought or when i connect with spirit i also have an electric experience of that so feeling is experience. Feeling is life, right? The experience of living, being alive. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. It sort of uh, bleeds into my next question. And these are just like really big, general, like questions that you don't really think about or ask necessarily. But they came up for me as I was thinking about doing the podcast with Matt and kind of delving more deeply into into that particular chapter in the book. Because I think that, you know, we use this term feeling and we I, I think we we tend to kind of equate it in some way with emotion. But it is more than just, you know, emotion because there's also sensory feeling like temperature and texture and uh, sound and things like that. There's just so much going on in in our systems, in our whole systems, in our bodies from hormonal and biochemical st- that, that, that create these experiences that where the boundaries between what is thought and what is emotion and what is sensory perception are not clear. They're really fuzzy. And so um, I kind of just wanted to open up this this opportunity to explore this more uh, more intentionally together and for our listeners, you know, f- I think we'll, we'll, we'll get there more. But I, I think that feeling, and, and I write this in the book, I think it's crucial. I think it's really important because it is life. It is the experience of life. And it is, as I write in the book, our birthright. And I also think, uh, to, you know, to feel fully is our birthright. And I also think that it is uh, a, a kind of medicine for the world we live in right now and for how we live together in, in this world. So 
all that to say, kind of my next like big, weird general question that I think you already were stepping into is like, what does feeling feel like? Like, what does it mean to feel, quote unquote, and what does feeling feel like? And and I I will I'll start if if I may. You know, I did a a three-year training program with a dear friend and teacher of mine, Jenna Milner, who is a, a massage therapist, but also she teaches and practices biodynamic craniosacral ther- uh, therapy or, or work. And I did a three-year training program with her as a lay person. I'm, I'm not a body worker. And in that training program, and also just in my work with her as one of her, her clients, you know, I would get on her table and she really helped to teach me how to feel my body from the inside out, rather than just to kind of think about it, like think about, okay, I have legs and they're, you know, down there from the perspective of my up here in my head, eyes and, you know, what, however I perceive my legs, but like, what does it actually, what do my legs feel like from within my legs? Or what does it feel like in my heart? Like, what do different centers of my body feel like as as kind of almost um, almost as individual entities, right? Like if I were to ask my heart, how, how, what is your experience in this moment? It would be a particular kind of experience, even though it's a part of me and, and, and I walk with that experience of my heart all of, all of the time. And so doing that work with Jenna really allowed me to, to feel myself more deeply, particularly in an, in a, an embodied sense. So that's one thing that I think about is just my my experience learning with and and from her and from that from that work. And the and the the permutations and really the I think about it as textures, like the textures of felt experience. Like you mentioned um tingling, right? I think of like senses of effervescence, also sometimes a perception of a almost a wave-like undulation of energy just of 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 my system right or or feeling to the to and beyond the edges of my body like how do i know i love this question actually as a as a as a thought experiment uh and and listeners if you want to play along with me feel free like if you close your eyes and just bring your awareness to your felt experience and you might feel the clothes on your skin, like you might kind of have a sense of what the clothes feel like on your skin or gravity holding you to the chair that you're sitting on or maybe you're driving. Um, you know, you might have a sense of, of wind or air around you on your skin. Um, but how do you know where your body ends and the space around you begins how do you know that and part of i love i love to kind of i think we we think so much of our bodies as these like skin encapsulated uh creatures right and i love to kind of play with the edges of the body in that in that way um because in 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 learning and doing biodynamic craniosacral work, I really was able to experience the body as much vaster 
it in some ways than like this little you know finite form that like has skin and like a heartbeat and whatever like to be able to to feel my lived experience and my quote-unquote body as spacious as connected as vast as not separate or isolated even as i am also my own person my own my own being my own flesh encapsulated being right so these are some of the ways that i these are some of the things that i think about when i think about that question what does feeling feel like and again these are mm, more embodied or 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 sensual uh experiences that i'm that i'm discussing and i think you know to be honest uh I have a harder time with with the emotional uh, aspect of feeling. Um, I think I'm still getting acquainted with that part of my experience, uh, very much so with your help, you know, as a healer. And uh, and it's it's a live it's a it's a living edge for me. But I think another piece of that of what feeling feels like, both in an emotional sense and in a sort of sensory or sensual experiential sense, is a, is a being with what is. A, a, it's like a, there's a curiosity in that and there's an acceptance of just being with what is, whether that's a, a, a sensual uh, experience, pleasureful or painful, whether that's an emotional experience, again, pleasureful or disruptive, um, whether that's uh, an experience of the world around me, like it's a there's something about our capacity to feel that I think is connected with this ability to just be with what is. So those are my thoughts. I would like to hear your thoughts now. I really appreciate how how beautifully you articulated your experience and. I have a similar experience of exploring the way feeling feels to me that you described. And I, I think that one of the key components is to, to, to be with, as you're talking about, is to allow ourselves the time and the space to be with. So, so slowing down, because, you know, and as you're describing being on the table with Jenna, you know, there is, there is a time-space component to that, where time, you're taking time, you're allowing space, and, and Jenna as a healer is holding space for you to explore your felt experience to explore what your body feels like from the inside out. And so taking the time, like making that something that is valuable, um, that, that our felt experience is valuable, it's essential, like you talk about in the book. And it's essential for so many reasons that I, I'm imagining we might get into some of them as our conversation progresses today. But I think that 
it's also important, you know, as I take you in, as you speak about being able to start to, to sense your body, to sense the feeling of your body, the movement of, of energy, maybe even the movement of blood, you know, we, when we, when we create enough time and space for ourselves to really explore, we can, we can feel down in, even into our bones. Like we can, we can become more and more subtle, more and more refined in our felt capacity. And, and things feel different. You know, like blood is going to feel different than bone or muscle, right? And the edges of my body and maybe the space just beyond my skin is going to feel different than feeling my muscles or or feeling my emotions even. So being able to take the time and be curious and to slow down to get a sense of what it is for each one of us is really is really important. And you know another uh piece to throw in as perhaps a an experience of feeling is also the quality of pulsation and and sometimes there are movements in our body that we recognize as a as a pulsating right and and so i just offer that in as another potential wondering as people start to let themselves maybe take the time space to slow down to explore what feeling feels like for them and i'm curious too megan when you say that you are a bit less comfortable in the feeling of emotions than you are let's say in the feeling of physical sensation. Um, I become so curious because while they're different and it's important to discern the difference, they're also so intimately connected. And, and usually I would imagine that as you're feeling emotion, there is a sensory component to what you're feeling too. There's a, there's a physical component to what you're feeling too. And and sometimes when I don't know what the emotion is that I'm feeling, a way into the emotion is to let myself stay with or explore what the physical sensations are that are happening for me. Right? And just, you know, just to bring this in cuz I I think it's it's pretty cool. The last time we spoke, we were we were speaking about grief and rage and hope and love and and as we were talking I I was acknowledging how I have this awareness of absencing rage. Right? And absencing rage from my felt experience. And just in the time from when we spoke last recording that podcast to now, 
I have had an experience in a beautiful process that I was in with myself and some some healing companions in my life where I started to access a quality in myself that I couldn't actually name. And there were there were sensory components to it. I was noticing a particular kind of tightness in my body. I was noticing heat in particular areas of my body. I had particular thoughts that were coming in, but I couldn't I couldn't identify an emotion. And in the course of the process, receiving some feedback from someone who was able to say, I feel a little bit of aggression here. All of a sudden, I was able to recognize for myself, oh, yeah, I'm actually really angry right now. And it's not just anger, but it's rage. And so suddenly, I was able to bring in the experience of an emotion that I have largely absenced from my felt experience. But the way that I was able to to access it was actually only first through the physical sensations because it was so foreign to me. So that's where I think it's kind of cool to take you in as you say you're not so comfortable with the emotional, uh, the feeling of emotion. Um, and it's fun to kind of explore it from, you know, learning how particular emotions might have sensory components to them, like felt sensory components to them too. Yeah, thank you for that. That's really, really helpful. And I, I think, you know, when I say that I I think I'm not as comfortable or I forget even what I just said about how I'm not as familiar with the the emotional tone or feeling of, of feeling, Um. I think probably a lot of people who know me well would be like, really? Like, that would probably surprise them because I tend to be a very, um, let's say, animated person. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I do feel really deeply. I mean, I don't think that I could have written the book if I didn't. Um, and yet there are times when uh, it's almost like I'm looking f- like like you kind of described with the rage, like I'm looking for a, a word that I haven't learned yet. You know, I'm like, what is this thing? And and so I, that it's really helpful what you're saying because also I'm thinking, you know, for listeners that there's also there's also numbness, there's also the experience of absencing, and so for people who are listening who might be like, well, I don't, I don't feel my legs, or I can't feel my heart. Does that mean there's something wrong with me? Right? Um, like, no. <laughs> Um, that's an experience of, of no, that's a feeling of numbness. That's a, that's an experience of, of absencing. And there are all kinds of reasons why, why we absence different parts of ourselves, felt parts of our bodies, um, emotional experiences, memories, and the words that attach to them that we use to describe like, oh, I can point to that as rage, right? So I also just want to to name that as as part of kind of the soup of of feeling and experience that that we're talking about. I also love what you say about slowing down, which I think um, it feels so much in this world right now. Like things are just getting faster and faster and faster and faster, <laughs> and uh, and it's so hard to slow down. And I'm reminded of um, 
something that Bio Akamalafe is famous for saying, who we were both in, in presence with Bio this past weekend, which was an absolute joy and privilege. Um, but he, is, he's, he has been quoted as often saying, you know, the times are urgent, we must slow down. And it's precisely this, like, we have to slow down so that we can actually feel and become uh, intimately in connection with the truth and reality of the moment, of what is, on an individual, personal level, in in our interpersonal relationships, and then also in a more uh, on a more collective um, scale, because we are all all connected in this way. So, my next question, um, you know, for those who are listening, you know, I kind of described a little bit about how through my work with Jenna Milner and studying biodynamic craniosacral therapy, I I was able to develop this capacity to feel myself more more deeply, more imminently. Um, but I'm just curious in your experience, personally, or also you know witnessing other people working with with clients, um, how would you say, or how would you um, encourage one to to cultivate the capacity to feel? Find a healer or a friend or a family member who is also interested in taking the time and and feeling the importance of feeling and you know in the beginning it's really helpful to you know to find someone who might be a little further down the road in cultivating the capacity or let's say cultivating the competency because we are we are innately born with the capacity to feel we're feeling all the time it's happening whether we're paying attention to it or not but the competency building the skill to to bring that into a a, a higher state of awareness right a more um sort of continual state of awareness is is absolutely doable like you know and but it's it's a practice um and and it and once it becomes something that's important to you um you will make the time and the space to do it um to find the people who can continue to bring you with relation into you know, finer and finer layers of the felt experience, whether that's at the physical level, the emotional level, the spiritual level, and even at the mental level to be able to even feel the way your mind is moving without getting, you know, kind of attached to tracking a thought, but to feel, to feel that, to feel how your mind moves. So certainly if someone is also, you know, very introverted and isn't really feeling like they want to engage with another person, then, you know, we're living in a really remarkable age where so much is available to us um, through technology. And they, you know, you can find people even online who can help with this. And largely also taking time to sit in meditation, Taking time to sit in stillness. And, and that doesn't mean that meditation has to look 
a certain way, right? Like when you're out walking in the world, when you are sitting, having your cup of coffee in the morning, you know, to, to just bring an intention to feel yourself more um, is a powerful way in. Right, intention will will bring us into experiences, and and so if I sitting having my tea in the morning and I have an intention to feel my feet, and I slow myself down and allow my awareness to go to my feet, then I start to build more and more competency in feeling. So. Finding someone who can do this with you is great. It's it's also it, it will bring a whole new level of feeling. But if if you're not really open to that at the moment, then set aside some time and bring yourself into a clear intention, and then play. Mm, I, I love that. I was just thinking that word uh, that that word play. Right. That it's really kind of a practice of curiosity of intention, yes, and also of curiosity of like, well, what's what's here? What do I feel like? You know, and and or what what is the contrast, right? Like if I'm if I'm out walking, what what is the feeling of my right footstep versus my left footstep? Totally. You know, or like mm-hmm. I remember uh, you know, getting a wonderful massage, I think, from probably from Jenna and walking home and just feeling how different my body felt moving through space. Like my hips felt all different. And so it's just about kind of being curious about that and bringing awareness to that or about, you know, my my emotional tone. Like, wow, something just happened and and my heart is racing and, you know, my hands are getting clammy. And what is that? And why is that? Why, why is that, you know, and just um, settling into those experiences and, and allowing them to, to, yeah, to just be curious about them. And also, we've become so disembodied. Um, our bodies have really been um, really mistreated. Um, and, and I mean that in, in, a, in like a transgenerational uh, collective sense. I'm not speaking necessarily to anyone's personal lived experience, but but living in the culture that we live in, uh, living under capitalism, like our bodies have become these instruments for of work and profit. And there are certain ways that we're supposed to live in and move in our bodies and certain ways that we're supposed to express our emotions and certain emotions that are like, you know, uh, disruptive or inconvenient and that we feel from a very young age that are not okay to feel. And so to bring this this sense of play back into our experience of our bodies, back into our experience of our emotions, back into our full lived experience, I think is um, is really needed and is really beautiful. And, you know, as part of our birthright. Um, is to be able to play in our experience and have that curiosity. Jumping off of that, in no small part because of our our, our, our disembodiedness, our, our this rupture from our bodies, from our lived experience, from our our emotional um, full lived experience, it can be really vulnerable to feel. It can be really vulnerable to feel our physical sensations. It can be really vulnerable to feel pleasure. It can be vulnerable to dance. 
It can be vulnerable to laugh out loud um, or to speak out loud. It can be vulnerable to see, to be seen in our, in our felt experience and in our emotional experience. And there can be a lot of shame around our felt experience that can, that can cause us to hold back. And I'm sort of, you know, I'll be honest, I'm speaking from experience as, you know, a human being. But also, uh, we sat together a couple days ago in a group uh, that knows each other uh, very well and tenderly and has, and has seen me in all permutations. And I felt, and I love these people, and I know that they love me deeply. And still being in that space with them and being seen by them, I felt shame. I felt really vulnerable to know what they know of me and how they have seen me in all of those um, sticky places or or in my emotional or felt ex- uh, expression that is like not pretty, shall we say, or convenient or I don't know what someone would want it to be or something. So so I'm saying this because I'm I'm sort of getting to like emotions and and felt experiences that can be seen as uh, problematic or disruptive or inconvenient or like yucky and messy right and or and or that can actually be potentially harmful to other people or to ourselves and so i part of my question is how do we um make space for and attend to those kinds of emotions, those kinds of really vulnerable, possibly disruptive, possibly harmful expressions of feeling, you know, like uh, tan- temper tantrums in a child, or or sometimes in an adult, <laughs> or you know, rageful outbursts, or or deep, deep despair. Feeling is not all, uh, you know, bunnies and roses. Although bunnies and roses are great to be felt. Um, but how do we make space and how do we be with the hard parts of our experience? There's so many ways I want to answer your question. And the first thing that I want to acknowledge is that when you described just now your experience of of feeling shame the other day, I noticed what happened in me was there was a movement of warmth that came came up into my heart and and my internal experience it slowed down and i I became at a sensory level, like attuned to you, like I I was slowing and I was experiencing this warmth and I had an experience of compassion for you and with you and then I was feeling here, feeling you as you have been describing this and also asking your question. And and so as I have been feeling you, I, the 
the quality of my relating to you has been warm and soft. And so my, when you ask this question of how do we, you know, how do we deal with emotions that are difficult or that can be potentially like, if escalated in the experience of them, potentially harmful for ourselves or others. And, and to me, we, when we can be related in our felt experience, when we can be related in life with one another, there, there can be a different experience of emotion and ourselves with emotion. And so, you know, the the slowing down and the becoming curious of, you know, what what does it what is it for me when I am angry? What is it for me when I am feeling shame? And I become aware of that and then I I see what it's like for me to be able to to whatever degree I can be with people who can handle my vulnerability like and and but when i say handle i mean feel me feeling vulnerable right honor my vulnerability and and it's vulnerable to express like you were saying just now so and it's vulnerable to express whatever uh, emotion sometimes we we're, we're experiencing for some of us so to me, we, we start to touch this place of longing in me where, where we have more and more opportunities to slow down and feel with one another so that, so that those emotions maybe don't have to come into an escalated state, right? That, that then can become harmful to ourselves and, or other people, right? That we we learn, we learn how to feel it in ourselves. And we learn that when we get very activated in our nervous system, that we can, we can feel the emotion, we can feel the sensation, the intensity of what's happening, energy moving in our, in our system. And that we, we grow through practice, the competency to be able to feel that all and also regulate ourselves. But until we can, we find the people with whom we can feel who can help us learn how to regulate, right? So that's like the beautiful longing that I hope we can all have. But it's also important that like part of what I experience in your question too, Megan, is not just how we learn to do that in our own selves, but the beauty is, is that as we grow that capacity to be with things that are uncomfortable, right? So, you know, as I describe this experience of being able to, to stop numbing or pushing rage out of my experience and kind of let that back in, now I have even more capacity to be with other people who are experiencing rage. Because... I have I have more of that in my own being 
And because I'm not absencing it or pushing it away, I can let it be here more, right? Which also means not just in myself, but in other people. And certainly not in a way that I'm going to be harmed. And if that's the case, I'm going to move myself to a position of safety. But if somebody's just feeling a lot of rage, I can actually let more of them in to my relational experience with them now than I could before. And that's super valuable, right? Because that's also, to me, that's a gift of service that we offer one another, right? So as we grow our competencies and in this capacity to feel and to be with feeling, we can offer more space to other humans who are in those experiences from perhaps a more regulated relational place. And then maybe, maybe the other person doesn't have to get into such a level of intensity where it could become harmful to them or harmful to someone else. So, you know, there's, there's a huge relational component to, to feeling that is, I mean, it's essential for us. We're hardwired for it, right? But, but something beautiful happens when, like I was describing before, when you were speaking of your shame and I had a movement of warmth come through me and kind of noticed a, a quality of compassion. Like, And then I was feeling you. And, and then I also noticed that there was something happening for you where I believe you started to feel me feeling you. And even, even as I was describing my experience with you afterward, that there's something, there's a beautiful quality of experience that comes in when we are related in a way where we're feeling one another, feeling one another. And for me, as I work with clients or sit with friends and family, there's a particular vibration that I feel when we drop into that relational space where you can feel me feeling you and I can feel like, you know, it's like that we can feel that whole thing happening. There's a certain lovely vibration that enters into my system that enters into the field. And that's, that's so exciting to be with. And, and it's transformational. So, to me, these, these emotions that are maybe not so pleasant to feel, including pleasure or joy at times, when we can be, to whatever degree we can allow ourselves to be, or to whatever degree it feels safe, but when we can have the experience of feeling with another or others, it just creates a different experience of it. It doesn't feel so intense, maybe. It becomes a bit more, you used the word effervescent before, which is a word I love to use too in my experience of things, particularly feeling of energy moving and relational experience. And But like things that might feel heavy on our own 
feelings that might feel heavy on our own, emotions, become a bit more effervescent, a bit lighter when we can feel with another. It's beautiful. Thank you. And you're you're speaking into my final question, which you know, the question is kind of like, well, why feel, right? When there when we are experiencing a lot of trauma in the in the collective sphere and the collective body. And when uh, some of these emotions and these felt experiences of of fear and of rage and despair um, are so potent in response to a lot of uh, what we're what we're holding in this world right now, like why should I even why should I feel? Um, is sort of my my final final question, and I think you're speaking to that beautifully because because it is transformational. This capacity, this um this competency of of feeling with and being felt by another and that 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 relational um uh like a like web of of care um and i was thinking about this episode of another podcast which i i mentioned in the last in the last episode with matt um but this episode of uh, all that we are with amisha gadiali and she was um interviewing uh, Jamie Bristow, who's a, a, a climate activist from the UK, and uh, he was citing research. And you'd have to go back and listen to that episode of All That We Are, because I don't have the citation with me. But he was citing research that that empathy is correlated with proprioception. Proprioception being the capacity, like the the felt experience of our body. This, like what we've been talking about for the last hour, and so this competency to to feel ourselves allows us to then enter into relationships of empathy and care with one another, which which is so needed in the world. And it's also, as you speak about, it's also pleasurable. It's also that kind of effervescent, like en- en- enjoyable experience of of relation. You know, there's another word in here that I think that that has come in, but we haven't really like pinned it, which is movement right? Feeling is movement. Whether it is a a felt sensation of our bodies in space, or it's a felt sensation of literally like the movement of of atoms and molecules in our systems, like everything that we experience is this felt experience of movement. And emotions also are movements, right? The the Greeks thought of them as like these these, these kind of like movements that would pass through, a mood that would pass through us, right? And so I think, you know, in thinking into this last question of why I feel, well, because it's our birthright, because it is the, the, the moving experience of life through the vessel of our individual system and collective system, and because it's, it is through that movement, through the, the, the competency to, to be with that movement, that we experience the fullness of, of life of what it is for us to experience here on this earth in this form myself yourself in this collective moment that we that we live together in you know when you ask that question of why feel and you presence feelings of despair you presence you know what's going on in in the world and in the collective right now and how difficult it can be to feel that what arises in me is, 
you know, the awareness that when I feel pain in my physical body, that tells me that something is wrong, right? So if, I, if I'm walking outside and I break my leg, I'm not going to just stand up and keep walking, right? Because the pain in my physical body, the pain in my leg tells me something is wrong that, that needs tending to. And so when we feel the emotional experience in the collective, when we feel the deep despair, when we feel the fear, it's, it's letting us know that something is, is off, that something is not okay. And so many times because of the intensity, perhaps of those emotions that, that get, you know, that are resonating with what's happening in the collective, we want to numb to that because it feels like too much, right? But when we do that, and, and, and that's really important if we need to numb to all of, of the intensity of certain emotions, it's super brilliant that we can do that and we want to make sure that we let ourselves do that when we need to. And if we have enough relational experience that is supportive and safe and connected, that allows us to feel that, to feel like, say, let's say, the intensity of despair or fear or grief or rage, that, that then we can bring ourselves into like a different attunement with the what is in the world that needs attention. That's why feel. That's like another why feel. So that we can bring our attunement to what is in the world. And if what is in the world needs attention, that we then perhaps hear that calling and we do what's ours to do to support and be in service in the world. Beautiful. Thank you. Christine, thank you so, so much uh, for coming on here and exploring this uh, somewhat nebulous, um, but really, really tender and important topic with me today. Thank you, Megan. This was, uh, this was fun and a stretch in a way to talk about this, right? Yeah, I, th- I think we met the moment. I think we met it beautifully. Till next time, everyone. Take care. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us in this episode of the Living in a Time of Dying podcast. If you are moved by the material discussed here, you can read or listen to more in the eponymous book, Living in a Time of Dying, Cries of Grief, Rage, Love, and Hope, coming soon both in print and audio from booksellers everywhere. And if you want to hear more, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts in order to be updated when new episodes drop. You can also find out more about my work at soulmentor.org. Until next time, remember, you are an enfoldment of the universe, showing care to itself. Everything is God. Live well. Die easy. In Love and Rage, I'm your host, Megan Elizabeth Tauk. Take care and be well. Be well.